30 for 30 podcast presents March 11th, 2020, the story of the day the NBA shut down and the pandemic became real for many Americans. As told by those who lived the events that day and built entirely with archival and exclusive interviews, including Rudy Gobert and Dr. Anthony Fauci. 30 for 30 podcast presents March 11th, 2020. Subscribe and listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Also, Stephen A's World streams weekdays on ESPN+, Plus, bringing fan Stephen A. Smith's entertaining perspective and deep expertise with signature guests. The best interviews from Stephen A's World are now available as a podcast every Wednesday. Listen wherever you get your podcasts and watch Stephen A's World on ESPN+. Plus. Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Thursday afternoon. Joining us from Boston, Massachusetts is Tim Bontemps. Hello, Tim. Hello, Brian. And joining us from Dallas, Texas, just engaged. Woo, woo. Band McMahon. Congratulations, Tim. Well, howdy, partners. I appreciate that. And my, took advantage of the all-star break to get engaged. Yeah, all these years of being remarkably handsome have, have finally paid off. <laughs> um, my fiance Maria, attempts. she's a she's a big listener too. Uh, she she <laughs> even listens to the to the early week pod when I'm not on. Oh wow. Um Bontemps, you know, he put it on Twitter and Instagram, so it's not a secret, but he he looks very happy. I'm very happy for McMahon. You know, McMahon's. You know, we like him on edge. We don't like him happy though. We we like him a little. I got pl- I got plenty of edge, but you know, I have to he likes to pretend social. he's he likes to pretend he's miserable all the time. But it's good to see him happy. I'm gonna have to take a little social media victory lap. You see her? She's finding a mug, man. Come on now. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful family. Beautiful. Uh, well, thank family. you. Really, the McMahon really mob. It. Yes. Um, so congratulations on that. Now down to business. Forget about this nice and nice All right. And warm. Yeah. Let, let, let me get my snarl back. <laughs> Last night you had a story about uh, a rare. This doesn't usually happen with the Spurs, although the Spurs do buy guys out. But um, LaMarcus Aldridge, who a few years ago demanded a trade from the Spurs, I'd like to, I'd like to uh, point out. Mm-hmm. Um, you reported on him being done there. You want to go over the basics? Uh, uh, what's going on with that? Yeah, this is one of those. Well, let me just pop on over to the to the pop zoom. You never know what he's going to say. <laughs> I didn't expect him to say, "Hey, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge is never playing for the Spurs again." But essentially, mutual decision. And look, they'd been winning without Lamarcus. He'd been coming off the bench the few games he did play over the last month. Clearly, you know they were moving in a different direction, and they just completely. Uh, you know, it, it, it's final now. There's no more him coming off the bench for 15 minutes, that that sort of thing. Um, you know, Woj is reporting that the Spurs are optimistic that that, that they can find a, a suitable trade partner. Um, you know, they're not going to dump him to, to Siberia. Um, you know, it, it, it even would, though that looks like that's where Pop has been, even though he's had the <laughs> shot and could very easily get his hair cut, he is, um, he is letting that man keep going. Yeah, let like them, he's in let, Siberia. Let that man live, man. My 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 grandfather Lucian Warnick had a beautiful white long mane for years. And, you know, if and if you if you still can grow it when you're old and you get that silver ponytail type look going, you can you know go ahead and let him rock that. But uh, no, so you know the way Pop uh, kind of described it was 
you know, going to let LaMarcus explore other opportunities and those will be elsewhere and that he deserves that. I, you know, Bobby Marks posted a video uh, today kind of going through all this, but it's just really difficult to, you know, as optimistic as they might be, I, it's hard to figure out like what trade would make sense for a guy who's got a $24 million salary. Um, so if they don't get a deal done by the deadline, he'll be bought out. Um, you know, potential Portland reunion, you know, that could be interesting. Lakers, uh, you know, the usual, so obviously the Nets are going to be mentioned with everybody. We'll see what happens with Drummond before that. Um, but yeah, LaMarcus Aldridge will be playing for, I assume, another playoff team at some point by the end of the month. Bon Temps, you were not surprised that the Spurs, when, when LaMarcus apparently went to them and said, hey, I'd like to leave, and the Spurs were like, okay. Yeah, the Spurs are nine points per 100 possessions better when Marcus, LaMarcus Aldridge doesn't play this season. This isn't very complicated. The Spurs want to make the playoffs, and when LaMarcus plays, it actively hurts them. This is not a Blake Griffith situation where both sides decided, hey, we're a young team that's trying to rebuild, and you're not really a great fit here, so let's try to come to a, some kind of understanding and allow you to go move on and play somewhere else. This is The Spurs want to make the playoffs. They want to be good. Jakob Pertl, who's shooting, I think, 25% on free throws this year, has been a demonstrably <laughs> better player than 31%. Marcus Aldridge. <clears throat> Close enough. And uh, he's he's been a demonstrably better player. They've been far better with him on the court. And, you know, look, I mean, Marcus came off the bench a couple games and then got sick right before the break. Now they come back and say he's not going to be around the team anymore. Um, you know, look, I, I, I can't see any team giving up anything of value to trade for him. And I think if somebody signs him, I think it's going to be like Blake Griffin where, you know, if he helps a team win one playoff game, it's a success. But if anybody thinks he's going to come in and be a huge difference maker, I simply just can't see that happening. Hmm. Well, there's some, I've seen some people out there connecting Boston to him in possible trade. And yeah, Boston has a $28 million trade exception. So the difficulty of finding a, you know, making a, a trade swap work would not be a problem there, but I don't see Boston using that trade exception um, to get into to get a rental player, and I don't see them going into the tax, which would put them right. in the tax. I'm pretty sure you'd be their fourth and, best center. It, it would not really make sense to go into the tax to trade for a guy who should. Right, they need a forward, but he's not really a. No, he's not. I mean, a, he's, he's not playing. He's he, no, he's not. He's not playing the four at this point in his career. He's a, no, he's a he's center, a center. In, in, at this point, you know, especially the way they you now he is, you know, he has been shooting threes. He's at least which, you know, that doesn't mean he's playing four. That means he can kind of be that stretch five he's shooting 30 percent, 36 percent, you know, on some volume uh, from three point range. But no, the Celtics, the Celtics, if they're going to use that trade exception, they need to make a big splash. Um, one, because it's the one big bullet that they have, and two, to your point, Wendy, <laughs> you're not adding a ton of salary and and jumping, you know, cannonballing into the luxury tax for a guy who's going to be a 15-minute-per-game-off-the-bench type of dude. Yeah, so the only thing – so the Spurs are, are a million dollars below the tax uh, right now, so I don't see them necessarily making a move that, you know, adds salary. Well, the one thing I will say is the Spurs have a ton of cap space for next year, which they're not going to be able to use on free agents, which they won't want to use on free agents. Now, some of them are their own free agents. They may want to keep DeMar DeRozan. Uh, they may want to keep Patty Mills. Um, 
but I do think they'd be interested in taking back some salary um, if it was a player that they like going forward. But 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 again, that's kind of a hard you know needle to thread because a team that would want a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge right now is probably trying to make a playoff push and they're not sending a player that, you know, has upside long-term back in, you know, in, in that type of deal. So, well, you know, the other uh, thing, I wonder if there might be a situation where they could take back salary that is, you know, a, a salary dump if there's assets attached and then, you know, LaMarcus's primary value in the deal would be that he's an expiring contract that comes off the other team's books at the end of the year. You know, you know and, and maybe it's a deal where he's, you know, it's that trade is made, that team buys him out, and then he ends up in Portland or L.A. or wherever. You know, Bontemps, um, like that is that is a you're making a good point, McMahon. The Spurs have never done deals like that. They've never had to. They've never, you know, well, they've, they've never they've been in a rebuild. I mean, you know, Bobby had it. They hadn't made a trade during the season since what, like 2014. So the only team with a longer stretch than the Celtics without make without acquiring a player in a season. They traded Austin Day for Nando DiColo for Austin Day in 2014. So last time they made a season trade. I don't know this for a hundred percent, but I think before 2014, I want to say it was like 2006, maybe the previous time they'd done a midseason trade. The, the the time before that was actually when they traded Stephen Jackson. They got back Stephen Jackson for Richard Jefferson, I think, in 2012 was the, the okay. time before All that right. when they'd made a move. But it's been All a right. long time since they've done something like that. Poor, poor RJ. Does he still get booed in San Antonio? Like when he goes to announce games? <laughs> Pretty sure. Pretty sure he does. Didn't they uh, excommunicate Stephen Jackson before the end of that season, or was it the next? I year? believe. I believe it was the. I believe it was a very quick departure. Uh, yeah. It may not have been quite that quick, but it was close. Yeah, they just they told him they, they sent him home. Um, so okay, so, l- l- so that trade went up in smoke, huh? <clears throat> Good podcast. Um, the, so let's just assume or make the, uh, for the sake of argument, say that the Spurs don't make a trade and he gets bought out, which will probably happen in the next two weeks. Uh, McMahon mentioned the, the teams that we interested in him. Um, Phoenix is an interesting one. Yeah. Um, remember he almost signed in Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> they in- signed Tyson Chandler thinking that Tyson was going to be the, the, the guy to get LaMarcus to Phoenix. This was a very, in, in the annals of, you know, the last 10 years have been sort of the peak free agency in uh, in NBA history where we've seen crazy stuff, starting with the decision and then moving onward. That was one of the more remarkable ones um, where the Suns were trying to get uh, we're trying to land Marcus LaMarcus Aldridge. Who was the was he the top free agent that summer? It felt like in my mind he must have been. Yes. Yes, he um, was. And so there was a meeting in Los Angeles uh, at his agent's office Um and the Suns, like right after midnight the night before, secured Tyson Chandler um, on a long-term deal, um, which was a terrible mistake from the moment it was signed, um, and brought him to the meeting as like the big surprise. You know, uh, you know, Riley's big move when he signed LeBron was dropping the rings, and uh, the Suns' big move was when it came time for them to come in the meeting, Tyson Chandler came with them. And the concept was at the time, LaMarcus didn't want to play center. He wanted to be a power yeah. forward. And so it was like, LaMarcus, not only are you going to play power forward, here is our center. And he's going to tell you right now how you're going to play alongside of him. And LaMarcus took his tipped his cap, <laughs> um, but then said, I'm signing in San Antonio, uh, which 
also didn't work out almost from the start, even though he ended up extending there later on. But it's just a really, it was just a really strange move because then they didn't get Aldridge and now they've got Tyson Chandler who didn't really fit what they were trying to do. So, um, but anyway, right now, um, the, the Suns have had a lot, you know, they've been playing great. And one of the things that happened is they moved Frank Kaminsky, a guy who got waived. They picked him up on waivers earlier this year. He was with the Suns last year. They, they cut him. Then he went to, I think he was with the, with the Kings. Well, they right? didn't cut him. He became, he became a free agent and then he signed with the Kings in the off season. And then no, they think, cut him I at the end of had, training camp. And then yeah, they brought I think him they back. Had a team op- I think they had a team option on him and they didn't pick it up. I think that's what happened with Kaminsky. With this, it doesn't matter. The point is, he was waived earlier this year. They picked him up on the waiver wire, and he has been starting for them. And um, the he doesn't play that many minutes, but his starting really balances out their roster. And they've got a pretty potent bench. They've moved Jay Crowder to the bench. Crowder comes in off the bench, and so they start big. The point is, you know, um, there's minutes at the big man spots mm-hmm. uh, in Phoenix. Uh, you know, in and around. But they've been searching uh, for a backup. They've been searching for a backup five all season. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's an interesting spot. And then, of course, the L.A. teams. Uh, I'm pretty sure LaMarcus lives in Orange County in the offseason. I, he's, yeah, he's, definitely, he's definitely got a house in Southern California for sure. Yeah. Um, may not be Orange County, but I, he, at least he used to. So those would be the teams we would watch. Um, and you guys don't seem to be, be all that high on his addition to a team. I, I think – I mean, I think if you're a fan and you sign LaMarcus Aldridge and thinking you're going to get all-star LaMarcus Aldridge, all-NBA LaMarcus Aldridge, like last week when Blake Griffin signed with the, with the Nets, mm-hmm. he was on the back page of, the, of both the Daily News and the Post proclaiming it like this was a huge victory, like they had added <laughs> another star. And, I mean, Blake Griffin's just not a star right anymore. He's not. I mean, that doesn't mean he can't have nights where he summons it back, but he's not a star anymore. Well, LaMarcus Aldridge is not a star anymore. So the Spurs are trying to make the playoffs and they're kicking this guy to the curb. That's yeah, all you but, need to know about his value for what he No, But because if he could help them, they yeah, would still he's start be better him. than somebody they, that, that they sign out of the, out of the G league. I don't think that's necessarily true. Again, I, the Spurs are nine points per hundred possessions worse when the guy plays, they're getting outscored by almost six points per hundred possessions when he's on the court. He's been a disaster I, for them I, this year. I think he could help a team in a limited role. I mean, and and maybe come playoff time in a matchup specific role. You know, there there are going to be situations where defensively you're not going to want him on the floor. But you know, he's still a six foot eleven guy who's got a you know can can really shoot the ball. And like I said before, is expanding his range out to three point range. Um, you know, I just, I really with any buyout situation, I think you, there's a reason these guys are, are, you know, on the market midseason. You have to understand right. that going in. Matter of fact, That's last right. year, who who were the buyout guys on the on the Lakers last season? Um, it's know, like J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters and uh, somebody else during the year, right? So one of them who did really anything. I, I, I don't know if I don't know if they had any buyout guys who played a hundred minutes in the playoffs, but before that, because I looked this up last year, before that, the last buyout guy to play a hundred minutes in the postseason for a championship team was Pager for the Mavericks in 2011. So, you know, buyouts get a yeah, lot of attention. That, and before that was PJ Brown with the Celtics. Right. Those like those, there's those couple guys, there's San Eli Silva and Marco Bellinelli had a, Nice run with the Sixers a few years ago, the first year they broke through and lost to the Celtics in the second round. But these are the 
These are the exceptions to the right. rule. Generally, Buyout these are guys get, who get bought out and don't do anything. Yeah, they typically get a lot of attention because they they are names because it, you know people love transactions and all that kind of stuff. But again, the the buyouts who actually make big splashes in the playoffs or or, or boost teams in the playoffs are the exceptions. It's the fifteenth roster spot for a team like the Lakers or the Clippers, right? I think it's value added, I, but I think you have to look at it as the fifteenth roster spot. I think that's the I think that's the key. But yeah, you can put seven time All Star in the in the in the press release. Just don't think you're putting it in the rotation. <laughs> sure. If right. look, if, but, if Lamarcus Aldridge goes to a good team and he helps them win a single playoff game, just like if Blake Griffin helps the Nets win a single playoff game, it's worth it. Is the I I, I just would be stunned if he, they either one of them does anything much more than that. Like well, I just don't is, see how they're going to be able to. Guys, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of action at the trade deadline. And so the guys who get bought out the day that later that day or the day after. So we're talking about Andre Drummond, LaMarcus Aldridge. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some other, I mean, there's always a surprise guy. Um, I'm watching uh, JJ Redick in new Orleans. Let's yeah. see what happens with JJ Redick in new Orleans. Um, his role is kind of ebbed and flowed. He's on his last year there. He's always on the trade block before. Um, now he's off and, you know, I don't know where it's at right now, but um I think just because of the nature of how tight the trade market is, um, I think it's the buyout is going to be where a lot of these contenders try to improve. And so there's going to be a lot of focus on it. Um, Andre Drummond is not a bad player. He's just not a guy that anybody wants to pay $28 million in 2021. And, um, you know, I think the same for LaMarcus Aldridge. If LaMarcus Aldridge is, you know, making the salary, he's making $24 million and a guy that you were counting on to be a core piece who's not a core piece anymore and is, you know, not effective, you, to, you look at him that way. You look at him another way when he's on your roster for the minimum and he's right. one of four options you can go to. So um, I'm a little bit more um, optimistic. But, look, I'm not disagreeing with anything Bon is saying. I, I think that could be true. Um, I just don't like where it's coming from. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP. Download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Well, now it's time for our um, our CarMax trivia question. And a reminder that the Hoop Collective is brought to you by CarMax. Don't just buy a car. Love your car with a new CarMax Love Your Car guarantee. All right. So this week's trivia question surrounds LaMelo Ball. So... Um, LaMelo Ball is just the second player hmm. in the last 50 seasons, 5-0, 50 seasons, 
um, to average 20 points, five rebounds, and five assists. I saw this one. In his first 15 career starts. Who was the other? um, uh, It was a rookie, obviously, first 15 career starts. Who was the other rookie? Bon Timps, do you know the answer? 25 and five. Uh, I, I don't have a good, I don't know the answer. I mean, it was I, another, you, I'll you, give you a, I'll give you a hint. It was another point guard. I just gave you a hint. Do you know the answer? I'm not sure how that's a hint. <laughs> if I do, I know the answer. Uh, I'm trying to think who it might be. Another point guard. Uh, I mean, I would, I would, I'll give you another hint. He was one okay. hell of a high school quarterback. And I say that fresh off watching Jalen Suggs high school football highlights. This oh, guy was, was an amazing high school football quarterback. Hmm. I didn't even know. I mean, I wouldn't remember that. Oh, McMahon, uh, so I, don't yeah, I mean, I, I mean, high school. I mean, I'm, I, high school football I mean, now, I mean, now I'm now I'm thinking it's Allen Iverson, but I, I can't imagine. Yes. Oh, it is Allen Iverson. Okay. Do you know the answer? <laughs> oh, OK. But I didn't. I mean, it I was a good one, but it was hard that to is, pick up on. Yeah, that the high school quarterback thing. I was uh, that that was a uh, no. That was good. No, I just wouldn't have guessed AI would average Allen. that many uh, that many rebounds. He was an unbelievable yeah. high school quarterback. Well, he was. He, he, I don't know how many minutes he was playing, but he was probably he was probably playing forty two minutes. So yeah, the, that's true. The ball just bounced into his hands enough of those times. Yeah, that's true. And, and yeah, if anybody who hasn't for a lot of long rebounds too. <laughs> if anybody hasn't seen Allen Iverson's highlights as a high school quarterback, to McMahon's point, go. Go watch them. Oh, were, quarterback, they, defensive back, punt returner, kick returner. It was ridiculous. By the way, Jalen Suggs was he, he's pretty damn good too, but neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh Gonzaga. Um, so but this is the interesting thing. I was looking at the notes that uh, sports and information provided on LaMelo. Um since Michael Jordan became the um uh, president of basketball operations and minority owner, and he later became the controlling owner in 2006. So 15 years. Um, they are just one of two teams in the NBA to not have a first team all rookie hmm. in those in those 15 years. I guess it's 14 because this is the 15th year. They made 13 lottery picks. <laughs> That's a tough track record. Span. It's hard. It's hard and to do. And and none of them made managers. first team all rookie. Um, all, this Who was is, the I other mean, team? Well, that's that, well, a, that would have been a I good mean, trivia question too. Well, I'll give it to you. Here's your bonus trivia question: Who's the other team since 2006 not to have a first team all rookie? I don't have how many lottery picks they had, but it was a lot less than 13. Uh, no. Hmm. <sighs> my guess. My guess would be Orlando. That's not right, but you're but you're thinking along the right lines. This team has made the playoffs a bunch in that span. They've also drafted several all stars. They just must not have been first team all rookies. All stars that are still there, or is it the Lakers? Uh, no, it's it, I'll, it's an Eastern Conference team. Indiana, uh, Indiana is correct. Okay. That was good. For yeah, this fucking was- guess. Yeah, I was I was just trying to think of teams that have been like in the middle, like kind of in the middle for that whole time without. Yeah, Indiana's like never had a high pick. Indiana never has high picks. Um, So, so out of in the last fifteen drafts, they've only drafted one all star. Now, again, that's with with a lot of lottery picks in there. The all star Lamelo. 
Lamelo going Lamelo going to the Hornets was such a big deal because this, I mean, the Hornets were, you know, just the most depressing franchise, maybe in sports. I mean, since they've come back to yeah. the NBA in 2004, to your point, they've had, I mean, Kemba's the one interesting player they've had. He left in free agency after they decided not to trade him and let him walk for nothing. They, um, they haven't won a single playoff series. They've won three playoff games. They basically had no energy or excitement around them at all. And now they land the guy who should have been the number one pick in the draft with the third pick, who's an incredibly exciting player, who everybody wants to see play all the time. And all of a sudden, this team that had absolutely no juice adds, you know, a guy who's a borderline all-star this year, Gordon Hayward, and adds him. And all of a sudden, like, they're really fun to watch. And I think they're going to make the playoffs. And they have real excitement around their team, really, for, you could argue, the first time since they returned to the league. This is the the first time that if I'm just flipping around league pass that I will stop on a Hornets game intentionally. 100%. All right. Here are their 13 lottery picks dating back to 2006. There's some ugly ones. Several of these were top three picks. 2006, Adam Morrison. (laughs) Not great. Mm. That's tough. (laughs) Third, I think number three pick off top. I don't have it right here. Yeah, it was the third pick. 2007, Brendan Wright. Um, not, not great. 2008, DJ Augustine. One spot ahead of Brooke Lopez, who thought he was going there. That didn't work out great. Uh, 2009, Gerald Henderson. Also not great. 2011, Kemba Walker. That worked out pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty good. Yeah. They also ended up with Bismack Biombo in that draft when in a bunch of uh, wacky trades where they, they could have drafted Clay Thompson or Ka- Kawhi Leonard or one of a bunch of people, and instead they drafted Bismack Biombo. Still there. Um, yeah, he left no, and came back him. again. Twice, I think so. Yes. 2012, number two overall pick, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yeah, one ahead of Bradley Beal. Also not great. Ooh. 2013, Cody Zeller. I believe that was the fourth pick too. I think. Yeah, top. I think it's top five. I think. 2014, Noah Vonleh. Yeah, it didn't work out great. 2015, Frank Kaminsky, which I want to say was maybe eight. He was ninth. It was one spot ahead of Justice Winslow. Yeah. People freaked out about that. That was also the pick that the Celtics allegedly offered a thousand first round picks for. That Michael said, "Now nah, we'll take Frank the Tank instead." Right. Uh, 2017, Malik Monk. He's had a few games this year, but generally... Malik Monk taken uh, one spot ahead of Luke Kennard, who has been demonstrably better than him, even though uh, he has not been great, and two spots ahead of Donovan Mitchell, who was the other guy that they debated taking. Malik Monk and Donovan Mitchell. They went with Malik mm. Monk. That would have been a bit different, too. 2018, they made a trade where they landed Miles Bridges, but the pick ended up getting used on Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They traded back a spot. When Shea was on the board and uh, didn't take him. It's like, oops. Yeah, that, that, that. that was a mistake. I'll say this, though. That obviously, Gildas Alexander is a significantly better player. That was a mistake. I like Bridges, though, and I really like watching Bridges play with Lonzo because that dude, you Miles, can throw Miles it up Bridges to the Raptors and he'll go get it. He's a very fun guy to have with Lonzo. He ain't, he ain't SGA. If you had SGA no, and Lonzo, he'd be cooking with gas in Charlotte right now. 2019, P.J. Washington, who probably made some That was a good pick. Rookie. Yeah, that was a yeah. good that was a good pick late in the uh late in the lottery. I think he was the twelfth or thirteenth pick. That was a very good pick. Yeah, twelfth pick. He's good. Um and then of course two thousand twenty Lamelo. So when DJ Washington was t- did go a pick ahead of Tyler Hero. Yeah, so huh, I 
at the beginning of the season, I was just concerned about LaMelo shooting. Uh, I was just worried, you know, because his shooting numbers in Australia were just really Is this going to be the ultimate Brian mea culpa about being way off on LaMelo? We're going to have the official mea culpa now I on mean, the pod? Look, uh, first off, I didn't say it publicly. It was a private conversation. I will make it public right now. There you go. Um, and I was ooh, just ooh. asking the question. I was not making a statement and putting my flag on the ground. Uh, but you're, Tim and I have pretty, a, you were pretty you were pretty down on Lamelo. I wasn't down. By the way, this no. is see this is the problem. This is why I'm never talking to Bond Temps on the phone again because if you have good points, he'll steal them and claim them on his own on the podcast. If you have <laughs> bad points, he'll wait to see if they're proven wrong and then wow. use them against you. There's no well, upside I, I to talking to Bond, to Bond Temps outside of the podcast. I steal stuff from Bond Temps all the time. I can't. I can't. I would lie never about admit that. that. This is this okay. has been a long. This has just been a long-standing goof with me and Brian about Lamar. Right. So, Bontemps and I have a mutual friend who works for a team who, pretty high-level personnel guy, and it was really me against those two guys. And I just said, I it was it, there was a question mark at the end. There was not an exclamation point or a period. Bontemps, who would you rather have, Tyler Hero or Lamelo Ball? Yeah. Was, that was a, and that that was a fair that was a fair question to ask. I at the time said Lamelo, and you said Hero. And so did the personnel guy who does this for a living. He said he actually right. said it wasn't even close. He would take Hero, or he would take uh, Lamelo. Uh, <laughs> 10, 10 out of ten. This was back in the. This was back either right after the draft or right before it. It was right. Yeah, around, it was like preseason time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, Hero hasn't had a very good year. He's been hurt, and Lamelo yeah. has been spectacular. So now it's a last so, question. Well, and that's not even necessarily a knock on Hero. Like, I think, like, Hero's a good pick, and, and he's a good player. But LaMelo, I mean, it's like McVan said. you If you're flipping around and the Hornets are on and he's playing, you are stopping and you're watching him play because he's just got an it factor to him that you can't deny. He's just super fun to watch. And, look, the, the proof is in the pudding right there. He's been awesome. I mean, he's got a 19 PER as a rookie good point guard. Like you're, those are the guys who tend to be terrible as rookies. And he's been he's phenomenal. just a lot. He's a lot more proficient shooter than I thought he would be. I knew he's a playmaker. He's just a lot. He's just a lot more proficient. Shooter. Well, and and they'll give him the ball down the stretch. They'll run offense to him. You know, with the game on the line. I mean, he had a, a great closing performance against the Suns. You know, that's Chris well, that, Paul's yeah. Suns. I mean, and, and he was spectacular down the stretch for, in that game. For people who didn't see it, it was a couple weeks ago, but that game, go go watch that Suns game from about the four-and-a-half-minute mark to the 90-second mark. And LaMelo completely took over that game. And it was all like little stuff. Like Devin Booker comes down and makes a fast-break layup. The Suns have made a comeback from down 11 uh, to tie the game, look like this you know really good team at home. They come back against a mediocre team. All right, the good team's going to pull ahead and win the game, right? LaMelo takes the ball out of bounds. He – flings the ball down court, he races back up court, and he throws from half court and alley-oop pass to Miles Bridges for a dunk. Just completely changed the energy of the game. And then he blew by DeAndre Ayton a couple times for buckets. I mean, just completely turned the game on its head against a team with Chris Paul and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, a really good team. DeAndre Ayton could barely stay on the court against them. I mean, it was just a – performances like that that he's had, he's just done stuff that – like it's just been awfully impressive to see from a guy his age and with his experience level when he basically didn't play for two years before coming into the NBA. So here's a, you know, th- this is just re- more remarkable. You know, they, they, they kept him in on the bench for a long time this year and then they brought him, uh, they, they, you know, I guess it was in early February maybe, or maybe late January. Uh, they started 15 Brady. games now. Yeah. Okay. So before he, before he started, before he, 
was when he was coming off the bench, he was shooting like thirty percent on threes, twenty nine point nine. Well, he got off to a terrible start, which skewed that. Right. But yeah. Okay. Since he be, since he joined the starting lineup, he's shooting forty five percent from three. Right. Thirty eight percent. Thirty eight percent for the year on you know on high volume, which you'll take that any day of the week from a rookie. I mean, and if, shoot eighty percent from the line too. You know, he is having, if you're talking about like teenage production, you it's it's mellow, Luca, LeBron. When, when you're talking about that kind of scoring, rebounding, assists, and, and he's been more efficient than neither of those guys were, you know, their, their teenage years. Yeah, he started 13 games in February. He averaged 20 points, six rebounds, six and a half assists, shot 40% from three, 86% from the line, 45% from the field. I mean, that's... That's big time stuff. Yeah, big time, so, big time stuff. So um, I think they play tonight. So you know, we'll see what happens. You guys will know what happens. Be, be uh, we haven't heard. We have you know when you hear the pod. But um, so they're they're right now they're seventh. Um, but more than this season, their issue is can they get that third piece? Uh, I think Memphis is in the same. Boat. Uh, and by the way, uh, well, John Morant came back from uh, that uh, ankle injury and was basically blah for about a month or give or take three weeks, four weeks. Jaws put together some big time games. He's he's roaring back. Uh, watch out for that. Uh, but um, and then we've yet to see Jaron Jackson this year. That's right. You know, not great. So, also so Memphis also doesn't a- sound like he's coming back anytime soon either, by all accounts. So who knows oh, yeah. if he will? So so the real challenge in. Uh, in, in Charlotte now, they've they've got the franchise piece, I think. They've got the oh, franchise sure. piece in Memphis. You know, how can they, you know, and how can they get, you know, who, you know, these mid-market teams, how are they, without free agency and, and maybe without high picks, how are they going to be able to to get that third piece? So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, speaking of n- no, no time back soon, two-star players um, have some injury situations that are, beginning to get concerning and extended. So Kevin Durant pulled his hamstring and he was kind of listed day to day on the Nets West mm-hmm. coast trip. And then he, they were like, okay, he's going to have a second MRI. He had the second MRI and they were like, yeah, he's done. He's done until all-star. It was like, he was going to be back any day. And then it was like, Oh, he's done until after all-star. And then uh, yesterday, Steve Nash came out and said, he's not even going to get another MRI for a week and who knows what that's going to show. And so my question here is what that second MRI show. And I'm not worried about the nets at all because I mean, as long as Durant's okay by literally the first day of the playoffs or probably the second round, I'm not really that worried. However, um, something's, something's got the nets pulling back on Durant and that's, worth noting and, and, and worth potentially, you know, keeping an eye on, I think, uh, Bon Temps. Yeah, no question. I mean, look, we all come into the season, didn't know how Kevin Durant was going to look after not playing for 18 months, right? And he's been as good as you could possibly have hoped for in terms of his on-court production coming off the Achilles injury. But, you know, look, for a guy like this, you, we've seen with DeMarcus Cousins, we've seen with lots of guys, once you start to have injuries in your lower body as a basketball player, especially a guy as big as Kevin, right, It you get concerned about chain reactions with other stuff being a problem after that. And I'm sure that's a big reason why the Nets are being – Nets are and the Nets generally, under Sean Marks these past few years, they've tended to be extraordinarily conservative with injuries. So that should be said 
as part of the calculus here in terms of why it's been, you know, it's probably going to be close to two months before Durant plays again. Um, but look, I, I think you have to wonder about uh, what his health is going to be when he comes back. Because again, if he if he comes back and two or three weeks later, he has some kind of tweak in his hamstring again. If he misses another month, well, then you're talking about bumping up against the playoffs. And then, you know, that's obviously when his absence would be certainly a lot more amplified than it is in the middle of February and March. Well, McMahon, the big concern isn't just, um, you know, compensation injuries. The big concern is if you've got a if you've got a pulled hamstring and you come back too early and then you tear the hamstring, now you're right. looking at months. Yeah. But I and- will point out that Durant came back. He pushed it coming back from the calf injury, and he gets the Achilles. And you remember when he had the big injury in uh, Oklahoma City, the foot injury, he comes back and ends up having to have another surgery on the foot. I'm not comparing a hamstring injury to those two injuries. However, it does form your opinion on right. how you evaluate injuries. Right, and, and you know, there's no reason for him to rush back. They are They are racking up wins without him. I mean, Harden and Kyrie are playing great basketball. You know, why if you're Kevin Durant, you don't need to rush back and and like you said, you don't need to rush back and risk something that's going to be uh months and and potentially ruin your whole season. Um I mean, look, since since his time, he's missed uh they've won since he's been out all but one of these games. So, you know, they're doing they're doing all right without him. And then the one game that they lost to Dallas, Kyrie also sat out. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. The other guy is Anthony Davis. Um, there's been, and again, uh, the Lakers are having a, a practice today. Maybe there'll be an update and we'll be behind. But there's been no update on Anthony Davis. Again, they said after the All-Star break, but they didn't necessarily imply that he was going to spring up fresh as a daisy Yeah. Um, when that was over. So, um, and that's a serious, you know, I know that they like went to lengths to make it sound like, oh, it's not the Achilles, it's next to the Achilles. Guys, it's an Achilles. Well, and, and okay, and you just mentioned Durant. Oh, it wasn't the Achilles. Well, it wasn't the Achilles till it was the Achilles. And then it was, you know, then it was he's out for the for a full season. And yeah, this is red alert, uh oh, with Anthony Davis. The fact that there was 
you know, some Achilles with a whole big, long medical word after it out of Tinian or some, some, I don't know what it was. It had a ton of syllables. And then he comes back and plays, what was it? Was it one game? Maybe, maybe two games, whatever it was. One game, I think. Yeah, I think it was one game. And limps off and, you know, oh, it's a calf. Da, da, da. Well, whatever. We haven't seen him since. And you know what? Obviously, the, the main thing is you want him healthy when the playoffs start. And it, and if he's healthy when the playoffs start, I still like the Lakers' chances to come out of the of Western Conference. It does not matter if they if they sink to the four seed or, you know, whatever. It does to the Jazz. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, the Jazz I mean, whole, hey, let's let's fight for number one. Well, you know, you might you might get you might get the Lakers in the second round regardless. Well, and look, well, to, and like you said, McMahon, as far as the Nets are going, right? James Harden's playing like an MVP again, and the Nets are rolling. The Lakers yeah. have gone have won three of their last ten games, and before that, they needed overtime to escape from games against the Pistons and the Thunder. Uh and the one game earlier in the season when Davis didn't play, they got annihilated by the Pistons, who stink, right? So, I mean, look, when they get – I'm with you guys. If they have Anthony Davis and LeBron James in the playoffs, you're going to like healthy. the Lakers' chances of – right, healthy. You're going to like their chances against anybody. But this is a team that does not have a lot of depth, despite some of the moves they made in the offseason. Right. They have not been very good when he hasn't played. And Gasol looks out of gas. He looks out of gas. The, a lot of their support pieces – Montrezl Harrell has not played well. Their, their support pieces haven't been good. And you, you look at the overall mix there, and if Davis does miss some time here, they're probably going to keep losing games. And well, like and you said, that's going to be interesting to see kind of where they ultimately settle because, you know, could they end up in that 4-5 and then potentially play Utah in the second round? Could they end up even as low as maybe 6 and uh, have to play, you know, the, the Clippers potentially in the second round, maybe play them in the first round if things fall a certain way? I mean, right now, I think if I if I remember correctly, yeah. I mean, right now, Utah and Phoenix are first and second in the West, and I think those teams are going to be pushing to win games. So, you know, it's not out of the question to think that with two losses separating third to seventh, like you could even be in a situation where one of those teams is in a play-in game. So, well, like, ultimately, I don't think it's going to matter in terms of their ceiling, but it could make the road a lot trick a lot tougher if they can't. Just to be, just to be clear, you're saying one of the one of the the, the tightness between three and seven could be that a game or two could be the difference between not having to play in a play-in game and, and playing a play-in game. Or having hope. Or, no, no, no. I, well, I mean, yeah. look, if the Lakers, if Anthony Davis missed another 10 games and they go another three and seven, then like a play-in game could be in play. Like I'm just saying, like, I, I think ultimately I, I they're stealing. Think <laughs> I don't think it will either. And I think that they're going to be like, to be clear, I think the Lakers, if they have Anthony Davis and LeBron James healthy are going to be fine. But the more games he misses, if they don't play better than they did before the break without him, it could make their road a lot tougher than we would have thought it was a month ago when they had when they were like a half game behind Utah with the second best record in the league. Now, I thought the Lakers going to have a tough road last year, and they ended up blasting everybody off. But let me just say that, and this is for the aggregators, I do not expect the Lakers to make a trade. Okay, got that. Having Damn, said that, Wendy calling a shot for the aggregators. I got aggregators. Having said this that, in talking to executives throughout the league, when the Lakers have had trade discussions recently, they've indicated that they were looking for for big man help, which 
you know, implies that they, you know, that they that they want more reinforcements there. And some teams have wondered if that means that AD may be, you know, a little bit more banged up than than they thought. Of Again, course, it, it, it could be just that they need help with with Gasol well, and they uh, they need to be they they need to be cautious with him. I mean that it doesn't it doesn't matter where they if hell they could finish tenth in the in the West if Anthony Davis and LeBron James are healthy. You're going to like their chances against just about anybody going right. to the finals. So it doesn't even the the, the seating doesn't even matter really ultimately where it is. It's just he needs to be right. So if he's got to sit a month and they struggle for another month and then he comes back and he's back to being Anthony Davis, that's fine. It doesn't matter. They just like that's got to be the only thing that matters for them is getting him right and ready to go for the playoffs and managing LeBron's workload. Uh, that's the other part with with AD being out. LeBron has to carry such a massive workload. I mean, you look over the last month and change, and there's some overtime games in here, obviously, but 46 minutes, 43 minutes, 41 minutes, 43 minutes. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, 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 they're almost fortunate that they got blown out by Utah and Denver because they could yank him and, and not run his minutes up in those games. But LeBron can't be playing. He's 36 years old. I know he's an absolute freak of nature. I know he invests millions of dollars into taking care of his body. I get all that. He's 36 years old in his 18th year. You can't be piling 36, 38, 40 minutes a night on him with the ball in his hands the whole game and just assume that he's going to have a ton of gas left in the tank to play four freaking playoff series. I, you know, you've got to be careful there too. Plus the plan. Just kidding. <laughs> bon, bon Temps, bon Temps has them having to win three games to get into the bracket. I, I do not have them doing that. I do not have them doing that. To be 100% clear for the aggregators out there, because people, people think that I absolutely loathe the Lakers and I'm like saying I'm talking crap about them all the time. I don't think they're going to be in the play in games. I don't. All right. One team that I think would love to be in the play-in games, even though they probably have aspirations of uh, getting past it, uh, are the New York Knicks. And I never would have thought in uh, December or even January that I would classify the Knicks as buyers at the trade deadline, but they appear to be. Um, I don't think they're going to be looking to make a major move. I think they're looking to just supplement their roster. They're, they're on the lookout for uh, – Right now, um, Mitchell Robinson is out with uh, mm-hmm. is a broken hand or broken wrist. I can't remember. I think it's a broken hand. Um, and uh, they actually, I think, are going to sign a ten day center here in the short term future. We'll see if it happens before this pod comes out. Um, but they're they're looking they're looking for another piece, and um, they have fifteen million dollars in cap space, which uh, they can use to facilitate a trade. The other thing is they have three picks in this upcoming draft that are pretty good. They've got the Dallas pick unprotected. Uh, they've got their pick, and then they have the Detroit Pistons second round pick, which is um, right now would be like thirty two or thirty three, which is a pretty valuable pick. I don't think they're trading either of those first unless it's a um, unless it's a real nice uh, pick. But since they've already got a couple of first round picks in this year and a bunch of young players, it wouldn't surprise me if they were willing to part with that um, that Detroit pick, which won't be a bad pick in this draft at all. There's some value there. And then they've got the salary cap space to, to, to work with. So I wouldn't be, I, I think the Knicks are going to, are going to be hunters. Uh, regardless of that, uh, Bontemps, um, 
They've got a tough schedule. We talked about this on a, a podcast a couple of uh, last week or whatever. Their t- their schedule is tough in the second half. Um, uh, I think Pelton was mentioning how um, the, the numbers indicate that they're that they're due for they're due for some teams to to blow up from three against them. But um, they are one of the top three defenses in the league, and they're they're looking to 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 supplement their bench. Um, are, are we serious about the Knicks as a playoff team? Uh, uh, no, we should not be. And I, I think it would be, I think it would be a terrible decision for the Knicks to spend resources to supplement this team further than they have. The Knicks have been, the Knicks have been a great story. Tom Thibodeau has done an awesome job. Julius Randle has been a really cool story. Guy who has bounced around a bunch in his career. has found a home in New York and is playing out of his mind. And the Knicks have been really good. That being said, the Knicks had the easiest schedule in the league in the first half. They have the second hardest schedule in the league in the second half, second or third hardest. And they're two games up in the loss column on 11th place. And they're three games up in the loss column on 12th place. I don't think the Knicks are going to be even in the playing games. I think because of that schedule in the second half. And I think that's the best thing for them, frankly, because the Knicks are a team that needs a, another star. And the best chance for them to get it is to jump up in the lottery and get a top five pick in a draft where there's a bunch of studs at the top of it. And look, if they go out and, you know, trade one of these they're first rounders and get some. They're fifth place they're, in they're, the East and you got them top five in the draft. Well, they're in, they're in fifth the place. Lakers, in the, Lakers and Knicks drafting four in, and five. They're in fifth place in the East, two and a half games ahead of 11th. And they've got a brutal schedule coming up. And Chicago and, or not Chicago, Toronto and Indiana and Miami and Atlanta, I think are all going to be, better in the second half I just I think the deck is stacked against them and I think it would be a huge mistake for the Knicks to try to chase making the playoffs this year when they have a lot to be excited about no matter what happens in the second half from how the from the foundation that Tibbs is building there and I think they need to just ride this out and if they do make it in if I'm wrong good for them it'll be cool for the Knicks fans to have have this team that's got a bunch of easy to like guys make the playoffs but I, I think that the odds are stacked against them doing that, given the the way the schedule is broken out. I think they took advantage of an easy first half schedule, and I think the second half is going to punish them pretty good. Let me let me ask this, and kind of getting back to where we started. What if they're not giving up assets? They're using most of that cap space and a little bit of filler. And you know, would Lamarcus Aldridge be a guy that would make sense for them? I, I mean, know, I, I, know. I mean, he would he would help he would help for them not making the playoffs. Would that. <laughs> wow. wow. Well, maybe that maybe there's an art to that. Maybe there's an art to let's make it look like we're trying to make the playoffs, but actually not. I mean, they but would I have mean, to add a bunch of money. Would... They would have to add a bunch of money still to make that deal work. I mean, I think they've got thirteen mm, they, or fourteen million Kevin in cap Knox space. And, Kevin Knox and their space might do. I don't know. Haven't and that's I mean, deal I'm that not... would you know, I I don't have the trade machine up in front, but you could get to a deal that would make sense. Uh, for the Spurs, certainly saving some money, getting a reclamation project. Well, the Spurs getting you anything know, a lottery makes sense for the Spurs. Right, a lottery so, level reclamation project. I just don't. It, I mean, they're not even playing Obi Toppin as it is now. Picks. I don't see them adding. <laughs> they're not even playing Obi Toppin now. I don't see that. It doesn't make any sense to me for them to add another four or five who would play minutes. Not four. He's not a four. He's a four. Well, I, under, I understand, but they're not playing OB either at either spot much. So I, to me, if they do anything, they should try to find a way to get him some more minutes in the second half of the season somewhere, not add LaMarcus Aldridge. I just, I mean, look, if they can add, a, if they can add somebody for free, if somebody's trying to dump somebody, you know, if 
if Victor Oladipo, if they could get Victor Oladipo for basically free and they want to take a and see what he looks like with their team for two months, sure. Would you yeah. trade that Detroit pick for Victor Oladipo? No. I, Victor Oladipo has also Man, been terrible, you? and they could sign him in the offseason anyway. If I'm New York, I'm not. I'm not trying to give up a few. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not giving, giving up, up the number. Pick. I'm not giving up the first. I'm not giving up the first or second pick of the second round, which is a really good pick to trade for a guy that they could sign in in a few months who has not been good. It doesn't. It, I just don't. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. If his bird rights would be of use to them, like if they were yeah. gonna, if they were, if they were, I don't know, the Hawks who have no cap space, right? If the Knicks didn't have cap space this summer, and you're like, hey. Victor Oladipo is got a chance to be a pretty good player for us. Let's get him now and have his bird rights. Like, okay, I could understand that maybe making some sense, but the Knicks could sign him this summer. And like we've talked about on the pod before, I don't see there being a robust market that the Knicks wouldn't be able to afford with their cap space for Victor Oladipo. So I, I don't see why they should give up. a Well, because Victor pick Oladipo the would help them try to make the playoffs. That's why. I, I, but. I think that would be a very short-sighted decision. I would not All right. like that. Well, they did trade one second-round pick in this upcoming draft for Derrick Rose, and so maybe that was their move with picks. But Tim, Tim's they, is well known for his patience. I know he's not the ultimate <laughs> shot caller, but uh, by the way, right, before, Tim's, before we go, Tim's is definitely thinking about the 2022 season right now. Before we before we go Wednesday, Tim's had his uh, they had practice the Knicks, and Tim's was asked about the trade deadline and said. I have a bias toward good players, which uh, was just one of the all-time great lines, I thought, that anybody has said. Like, yes, I'm, I'm glad you like good players more than bad players. I, uh, I, I found that very funny. Well, the other thing he said was, which is very popular this time of year, is, um, uh, oh, I love, I love our team. I love my team. Yeah. Um, I always remember uh, right before the trade deadline, um, I think it was about 2006, uh, Danny Ferry, who was a general manager of the Cavs, I was covering the team. He's like, oh, I, well, we love this roster. And like two days later, he traded six players. <laughs> uh, traded six and brought in four. Now, when, and when's the last time you've heard a GM or a coach stand up and say, this roster sucks? Well, this is, this is the same thing as I'll, I'll wait for the next time for a coach to say that a coach deserved to be fired. It falls in the same category. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, that, right. That, 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 a, that a man, we didn't get the guy we wanted in the draft. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to Hoop Collective Podcast. Congrats again to McMahon. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Adios, amigos. <laughs>